Let's see here. It is for June. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Nuclear umbrella. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, we got uh, Tom. He's been here a few times. He showed up this morning. I don't know why I was thinking he'd be here later. He walked in and I just was kind of surprised. And stupidly, I said, I didn't know you'd be here this early. And they're like, we're sorry. We didn't mean to interfere. And I'm like, no, no, no. I didn't know you'd be here this early in the month. And so he brought along Sam Pantalone. Did I say that right? Okay, good. Uh, you know, I told him that when I see a name like that, I want to say Pantalone or something. But Sam Pantalone, he came down with Tom, and it's so good to have you here. Thank you. And I want to say hi to Chris, your wife, who didn't make it, but you tell her I extend my hello to her as well, okay? Uh, let's see here. We got um, some news from Israel. From the Jewish press, I only saw one article on this. I'm surprised about this. I didn't even see it, uh, you know, anywhere except from the Jewish press. Arkansas state lawmakers approve strategic partnership with the state of Israel, including Judea and Samaria. The Arkansas House has approved a bill to encourage the state of Arkansas to enter into strategic partnerships with the state of Israel and Israeli companies. The bill was drafted and sponsored by, of course, Republican State Representative Mindy McGollenden, who spoke with Samaria Regional Council Head Yossi Dagan to explore possible cooperation with Judea and Samaria. The text of H.R. 1086 notes that Arkansas and Israel have enjoyed cordial and mutual beneficial relations since 1948, a friendship that continues to strengthen with each passing year. The state of Arkansas, which lies in America's heartland, has a special kinship with Judea and Samaria, Israel's biblical heartland. The text goes on. Cities across Arkansas bear the names of biblical cities throughout Judea and Samaria, such as Bethel, Hebron, Shiloh, Salem, and numerous others. In the words of former Arkansas Governor Hutchinson, supporting the state of Israel is a fundamental part of American culture, history, and the ties that we have between Judaism and Christianity, and is a friendship that helps keep America safe. The bill also notes that in 2022, then-Governor Hutchinson joined chief scientists signed a Memorandum of Understanding with Chairman of the Israel Innovation Authority, Dr. Ami Applebaum, and Consul General of Israel to the Southwest, Livia Link Raviv, to ensure the promotion and cooperation in technological innovation, research, and development among businesses, cooperations, research, universities, and other entities within their respective borders. Israel has been a cornerstone of America's defense against the spread of totalitarian movements and military dictatorship into the Mediterranean and the Middle East for years. So that's their statement on that, and I'm glad they did that. Jerusalem Post. Israel, Morocco sign a memorandum of understanding to build AI and aeronautics innovation research center. So that's Morocco. Who would have thought that a few years ago? But the International University of Rabat and 
IAI have entered into a memorandum of understanding to establish a center of excellence focusing on aeronautics and AI research and innovation. The collaboration builds on a previous agreement between the two organizations and aims to enhance cooperation and partnership in applied research, innovation, co-development, and incubation. The Center of Excellence will facilitate collaboration and collective intelligence among stakeholders, including academic institutions, and will serve as a platform for exchange between Moroccan and Israeli companies and research centers, fostering the co-development of advanced technological products and innovative solutions for the aerospace industry. This initiative will strengthen Morocco's position as an attractive competence hub and reinforce the strategic partnership between Morocco and Israel. Like I said, a few years ago, you wouldn't have seen that, but with Trump having come into office, a lot of these things are coming about. From the Times of Israel, U.S. sounds alarm over Likud bill targeting rights groups backed by foreign governments. I just wish they'd stay out of Israel's government. Our, you know, Biden and these people are doing everything they can to uh, keep them a lefty state instead of advancing into normal society as a conservative state. Biden's admin came out against a coalition bill that would significantly limit Israel's civil society's group's ability to accept donations from foreign governments. Now, this is what the left always does, is they get everything from foreign governments. They're sold out to foreign governments, and they don't want Israel to limit that there because they want to keep it a lefty state. The bill states that any nonprofit group that engages in public advocacy two years before or after receiving a donation from a foreign government will lose its status as a public institution and will no longer be eligible for tax exemptions. That sounds completely reasonable to me. In addition, those nonprofits will be hit with a 65% income tax. The bill would likely cripple the ability of human rights organizations to operate in Israel and the West Bank, as many of them rely on funding from foreign governments, and they're all a bunch of lefties. That's exactly why they are putting pressure on Israel to not do this. Human rights organizations have long been targeted by the Israeli right wing and even the political center over their exposure of alleged Israeli human rights abuses against the Palestinians. They keep lying and lying and lying about what Israel does. And nobody ever calls them out on it. And the right has had enough of it. And that's why they're opposed to this, because the people in the government now, I'm talking about Biden, are a bunch of lefties and they want to keep this type of thing going. But the way right-wing lawmakers have sought to criticize the largely left-wing organizations has been by highlighting their source of funding and arguing that it represents interference in Israel's internal affairs, which is exactly what it does. From Hararetz, 48 U.S. lawmakers hail Israeli protesters fighting Netanyahu's judicial coup. Guess what party they are? 48 Democrat lawmakers saluted the Israeli protesters demonstrating. They're now, I think, on their 23rd day. It just shows you the left has nothing else to do. They don't work. They get government subsidies, and so they just go out and they protest against Prime Minister Netanyahu's proposed judicial overhaul, praising their commitment to democracy and the rule of law. Okay, we got some news from Christianity today. Uh, two things before I read the first article. 
Uh, Bible in 10, I often talk about him. This is Daniel in the UK. He's got a site where he uh, reads commentaries every day, 10-minute commentaries or so. Uh, for example, he reads the Acts commentary that I type up. He reads that every day. And he has relaunched his uh, website, and it is way easier to search now. One of the things I told him in the past, when I need to find something, I can't because the search engine that he had was not easy to navigate. Now he's redone that. So if you go to Bible in 10, for example, and you want to start the book of Acts and just listen to the whole book of Acts, one commentary at a time, you can do that much easier now. So there you go with that. And the second thing is Paul Eshelman, founder of the Jesus Film Project, is with Jesus. I want to tell you, that movie has brought more people to Jesus than probably any other resource on this planet. Okay, we got a couple people in here that fund them regularly, and maybe a few, I don't know, but I know two that do. And uh, I have seen people weeping out in the middle of the jungle where they have to bring in a generator and a TV and start showing this movie in uh, their own native language. And I've seen people weeping. And, and this isn't just one. This is country after country after... Good morning, Miss Garrett. How are you? I just... Out in the middle of the desert, they have, you know, this, this film being played in the middle of the desert. They have it in the middle of the jungle. They'll have it in the cold of Siberia, okay? Uh, I don't have any right now, but I usually keep one or two of those DVDs in my car. And if I meet, it, say, a person from Thailand... They've got it in Thai on there. You know, it's got like 20 or 30 languages on any given DVD. And it has brought a lot of people to Jesus. So I want to, you know, hats off to this guy for what he did. Uh, the effort continues. They will have it in every language on the planet someday, uh, probably. But it is a, a great effort. And if you want to support a great uh, ministry, is you got a little extra money, you can do that. If you attend your own church and you just watch these reports each week, your church can sponsor an entire language. You can go in and say, we want to sponsor this language, which is for this people group in, you know, Ulaanbaatar or something, whatever. And uh, they will do that. They will uh, take your church and they'll tell you how much it costs and you can have that done into a language. And those people will, guaranteed, some of them will come to Christ because of your church's efforts. So consider that. Uh, from WTTW, more than 450 Catholic clergy members sexually abused nearly 2,000 children across Illinois. Attorney General investigation finds. We've reported on this in several districts. Um, this is in addition to one I did earlier. Across six Illinois dioceses, according to a multi-year investigation from the state's Attorney General Office, a total significantly higher than what the church itself, of course, had reported previously. The results of the investigation represent what he called the first comprehensive accounting of child sex abuse by members of the Catholic clergy in Illinois. It is like, and you know what, I do not dislike Catholic people. They're just people and they go to a denominational church and they grew up in it, whatever. But it is like the Catholic hierarchy is pervert central. Yeah. And it's been that way forever. Before the investigation, the Catholic Diocese of Illinois had publicly listed 103 substantiated child sex abusers. His investigation found that there had been 451 Catholic clerics and religious brothers who abused at least 1,997 children that they know of across Illinois. 
The report detailed a troubling pattern. I, I mean, a troubling pattern. They ought to just say there's a Catholic church. There's deviancy going on in there because everywhere you go, you, Baltimore did this a couple months ago. And then before that, it was New York. And you see everywhere. Uh, we had L.A. about last year sometime. You see a Catholic church, just understand that there's something perverse going on in there with little children. Um, while survivors were re-victimized when they came forward to report being abused. They go in to report it, and somebody higher abuses the same kid, right? The investigation also found instances where church officials could have reported abuse, but chose not to do so. In one case, after allegations arose in 1970 that a Chicago priest had abused multiple teenage girls, a church official recommended that he be moved from his parish in Morgan Park to another church in Round Lake so he can go abuse new kids, despite the fact that the priest had admitted to the abuse. The report states that priest then allegedly went on to abuse or act inappropriately toward at least three more children and remained in ministry for another 30 years. According to the report, the number of priests and brothers statewide who were substantiated child sex abusers reached a peak of 4.8% in 1988. 4.8% of all of the priests out there. And that's just the ones that they know about. From Fox. Professor no longer in the classroom after allegedly forcing Christian students to fund Planned Parenthood. I don't know if you heard about this, but right in class, forced a Christian, the whole class, but one of them was a Christian and he did not like it. A Christian student who sued his business professor for forcing her class to fund an entity which fundraised for plant murderhood and other progressive political causes says that his Christian beliefs propelled him to fight back. My money is in the hands of planned murderhood. He actually said parenthood, but I'm just... Anyway, Nathan Barbieri, a Michigan State University College of Business sophomore studying finance, said he told Fox in an interview that he was very upset about it. For me as a Christian, it's our calling. We're supposed to expose the bad things that happen and not just to sit back and be abused. That's our job, he said. I'm glad. This is just a young guy, and he is standing up for what he believes. Barbieri is one of two students suing his former business marketing professor, Amy Wisner. She's Jewish. Go read Ezekiel 36.22, who identifies as an intersectional feminist. The university told Fox News Digital that Wisner is no longer employed at the institution. She'll get a job with Biden. Her Instagram similarly reflected that she is a former business communication professor. Former. According to the lawsuit, the far-left professor compelled each of her 600 students. Now imagine this. $99 each for a membership, which collectively could have amounted to at most $59,400 for an entity called the Rebellion Community. Wisner said the Rebellion Community is a safe place to coordinate our efforts to burn everything to the effing ground. This is what they have in our schools in the world today. A post of Wisner's Facebook page said 100% of membership fees are donated to planned murderhood. Other causes it supported included those dismantling oppressive systems, meaning anything that's normal in this society. The university said that its business school personally refunded students for their contributions to the rebellion community, but Barbieri said it was not enough. Good for him. Yes. From the Christian Post, I just like uh, the um, name of his book, 
especially at this time. If you have been on any news site in the past couple days, I mean, June is supposed to be, and don't say it out loud, it's just disgusting, okay? Everywhere, that's all we see on the news today. And you go on Twitter and all you see is that disgusting flag everywhere. Uh, I just wanted to highlight this guy who... I really don't know much about him. I never saw any of his stuff and his doctrine. I know he kind of follows the, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Australia, um, uh, short little guy, come on, uh, way of the master, uh, Ray Comfort. He follows, follows the Ray Comfort model. Uh, but he, uh, other than that, I don't know much about him, but actor Kirk Cameron releases new children's book teaching humility while others celebrate pride. Cameron summarized his book. Here it is. Pride comes before the fall. An exciting new children's book that features two main animal characters, an elephant named Kevin and a zebra-like cat creature named Valor. Valor and Kevin are partnered together to compete in a canoeing race against other breeds of animals who formed groups of their own as they seek to reach the finish line. So if you want to know the exciting end of his book, go pick it up. Okay, I've got some news from uh, the Mideast and Africa from the Times of Israel. Iran says it test-launched new missile with 2,000-kilometer range, which means it is, anybody, capable of hitting Israel. The Kyber missile, the latest version of the, I can't pronounce it, which is Iran's longest-range missile to date, was unveiled alongside a replica of the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem's old city in a live broadcast on state TV. Iran said the missile had been successfully test-launched. The announcement of the missile came days after Israel's IDF chief of staff, Halevi, and other top military officials warned of a possible war with Iran over its nuclear program. Iran's defense minister, Ashtiani, said the missile was unveiled as part of moves to provide comprehensive support to our friends and countries that are on the path of fighting against the domination system. IRNA said the Kyber is a liquid fuel missile with a range of 2,000 kilometers and a 1,500 kilogram warhead. Its name references the ancient town of Kaibar, located in modern-day Saudi Arabia, known for a decisive 7th century battle in which the army of the Prophet Muhammad defeated its thousands of Jewish residents. According to the state media, the speed of the high-mobility tactile missile can reach Mach 16 outside the atmosphere and Mach 8 inside the atmosphere. From the Jewish press, Gallant reveals Iran is converting commercial vessels into floating terror bases. Defense Minister Gallant revealed a new strategy of the IRGC naval forces constructing floating terror bases. Gallant also addressed the measures required to contend with Iran's regional aggression and the threat posed by the Iranian nuclear program. Gallant detailed the Iranian strategy of converting trading vessels into military vessels and armed with offensive equipment such as UAVs and missile systems, as well as with advanced means for intel gathering. He also addressed their intention to station the vessels at far distances from Iran for extended periods of time. The Iranian plan is a worrisome pirate policy. Iran is conducting itself like a collection of criminal organizations and not a modern state. 
The floating terror bases are an extension of Iran's ongoing maritime terrorism, as seen in its actions in the Persian Gulf and Arabian Sea. Iran aims to expand its reach to the Indian Ocean, the Red Sea, and even the shores of the Mediterranean. This is a structured plan designed to threaten trade and flight routes and to create a permanent threat in the maritime area. Zero Hedge. Russian Central Bank Governor visits Iran to strengthen financial ties. Bank of Russia Governor Elvira, Elvira, uh, Nabi Ulina visited Tehran for talks with her Iranian counterpart, Mohammad Reza Farzin. The talks focused on strengthening relations between commercial banks from the two heavily sanctioned countries, as well as increasing banking infrastructure cooperation. Elvira also participated in talks during the Asian Clearing Union meeting in Tehran, which Russia is attending as an observer, along with officials from Belarus and Afghanistan. According to Tasneem News Agency, Iranian First President Mukber discussed efforts with Nabiulina, we'll call her Elvira, to eliminate the use of the dollar in transactions with Russia. Once lauded by Western officials, Elvira faced unique challenges following the start of the war in Ukraine in February 2022. Western governments froze some $300 billion of Bank of Russia's foreign reserves and imposed unprecedented economic sanctions on the country, which caused a sharp drop in the value of the ruble. However, Elvira was able to stabilize the ruble and manage the economic fallout from Russia's disintegration from the U.S.-dominated global financial system. Following the Russian invasion of Ukraine, she sought to resign as governor, but Putin rejected the request and nominated her to a new five-year term. You know, you don't want to go on the opposite side of anything Putin asks because people disappear all the time over there or they just end up jumping out of buildings arbitrarily. It happens constantly. Elvira's visit to Tehran follows an agreement reached in January between the Russian and Iranian central banks to improve financial banking transactions between the two countries. State-owned VTB Bank, PJSC, Russia's second largest lender, has since opened an office in Iran. Once again, getting closer and closer, monetarily, militarily, etc. Now something interesting from Mongolia. It's actually sad. It's not really so interesting as sad. News today. Dust and snowstorms in Mongolia kill 290,000 livestock. More than 290,000 livestock have been killed in the Mongolian provinces of Sukba Atar and Kentil due to the recent dust and snowstorms. The overall number of fatalities is, however, expected to increase since many livestock still remain unaccounted for. Xinhua News quoted authorities as saying, Heavy blizzards and intense dust storms swept through Sukhbatar and Kentil provinces late last week, which is about a week and a half ago now, causing severe damage. A total of 127 people, especially nomadic herders, went missing in the provinces due to the storms. Among them, 125 were found alive, while two were killed. Okay, Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. Do you care about that? Yes. He does. So we're going to read this article from Art Shiva. Autism. Autism research breakthrough discovered by Hebrew University researchers. This is really good news. 
I'm, you know, there's a lot of this going on in the world and it's been getting almost geometrically worse. And they have found out something. For the first time, a new study led by Dr. Haitham Amal and his team from the School of Pharmacy and the Faculty of Medicine at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem discovered a direct connection between levels of nitric oxide, NO, in the brain and autism. Millions of people in the world are diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder every year. In Israel, more than 30,000 children up to the age of 18 have been diagnosed with autism. In the U.S., autism is the most common developmental disorder with one in 44 people under the age of 21 on the spectrum. The study demonstrated that autism indicators increase as NO increases in the brain, uncovering a new mechanism found in autism. Conversely, in cases where levels of NO in the brains of marine models of autism were lowered in a proactive and controlled manner, autism indicators and behavior decreased accordingly. Good. Our research showed in an extraordinary way that inhibiting the production of NO specifically in brain neuron cells in mouse models of autism causes a decrease in autism-like symptoms. By inhibiting the production of NO on laboratory animals, they become more social and less repetitiveness was observed in their behavior. Additionally, the animals showed interest in new objects and were less anxious. Finally, the decrease in NO levels led to a significant improvement in neuronal indices. In addition to several mouse models of autism, the study results are based on tests conducted using human stem cells and clinical blood samples from children with low-functioning autism. The results on mouse models were correlated with stem cells that were taken from autistic children and with blood samples taken from low-functioning autistic children. Dr. Amal concluded, this research is a significant breakthrough in autism research with the first direct connection made between an increase in the concentration of NO in the brain and autistic behavior. This discovery can have implications on the relationship of NO with other neurological diseases, such as Alzheimer's. That would be amazing. Or psychiatric diseases such as schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. I am hopeful that with our new understanding of the NO mechanism, we can begin to develop therapeutic drugs and help millions of children and adults living with autism around the world. She was in the autism section for years and years and years. I visited one time for about two minutes, and that was all I could take. I don't know how she did it, but she took care of those people faithfully for years. I'm talking about my wife there. Unbelievable. So if it can help people with autism, with Alzheimer's. Did I say autism or Alzheimer's? What did I say? Okay, well, she worked in the Alzheimer's section. Okay, I want to make sure I got that right. But I hope that this can help all of those people because, you know, when your brain isn't working well, nothing else goes right. Anyway, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From Zero Hedge, olive oil prices soar as top producer plagued with drought. Every Sunday morning when I come in here, one of the things I do is I put a little olive oil in my beard so it's nice and shiny for all of you. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't take much. I got one bottle back there and it'll last way beyond my death, even if I live to 969 years old like Melchizedek. Okay, it takes very little. But, um, you know, instead of putting beard oil in there, I just put in olive oil. And it's it's luxury. Yes, that was exactly his age. What did I say? 
Melchizedek. Oh, not Melchizedek, Methuselah. Thank you. 969 years old, Methuselah. See, I think I need some NO reduction in this brain. That's right. Okay, olive oil. Yes, nitrous oxide is building up in Charlie's head. Spain's severe drought, Spain, who has had terrible drought, and parched soils have sent olive oil prices to levels not seen in more than a decade. The surge in olive oil prices, along with fresh produce, is exacerbating already high food prices in the northern hemisphere. Summer starts in less than a month. Data shows that Spanish extra virgin olive oil prices have jumped 200% since 2020 to 5870 euros per metric ton, the highest since 2010. Most of the price surge was recorded in the last year. Output in the country could more than have this season due to the arid conditions, according to Spanish Farming Industry Group. Spain accounts for 40% of the world's supply indicating prices across Europe and other regions are being pushed higher. Drought conditions in Spain have been exacerbated by above-average temperatures that could be due to an emerging El Nino. So it's not climate change at all. They admit it right there. It's El Nino, which has been going on forever, okay? This might create disruptions in the agricultural industry. These prices levels are dangerous because high inflation can spark social unrest in countries. Okay, having said that, guess what was really, really cheap this past week? My wife came home. She said, I went to the store, and she brought back two cartons of eggs. And, you know, we might go through eggs like once a month or something. We don't eat a lot of eggs, but she came home with two of them. I'm like, what are you doing? Are you going to make an egg thing or something? A dollar for 12 eggs. A dollar. I was like, we were eating them all week, and I say, here, here's eight cents for you, and she'd have her little egg. And, you know, when you're hungry, all you need is one egg, and it kind of takes care of it. Eight cents of comfort. It was unbelievable. Eight or nine, whatever. It has to average somewhere in there. But if well, uh, It was over at Aldi, which I've never been to. My friend is always telling me, um, Arlene, she's saying, go to Aldi, and, you know, you got one local, go, and I never do. But she stopped there because she had a doctor's appointment, and there was a store. And so anyway, Aldi, a dollar for a dozen eggs. Wow. I mean, okay. So that's a lot cheaper than olive oil at this point. Okay. A problem though. Uh, yeah, I could put, yeah, no, I don't want to put any of that in my beard. No eggs. Uh, you know what? When I go to IHOP, the girl will not serve me um, sunny side up eggs because of course it gets into your beard and it gets gross. And so if I ever do get them, I have to eat like this. Okay. Vicky does not want to give me sunny side up eggs. She'd rather give me anything than that. Okay, from Fox. Florida orange producers record worst year since the 1930s. Last year it was the worst since the 40s. It has now gotten even worse. Orange lovers across the country should expect a sour surprise at the grocery store. Orange prices are now going up after the latest agriculture report reveals Florida farmers recorded the lowest orange crop in 90 years. The aftermath of back-to-back -back hurricanes in 2022, coupled with the devastating impact of citrus greening disease, has left farmers with record low profits. Well, as you can imagine, in the aftermath of the storm, it is extremely low. 
below us since World War II statewide, which is not sustainable for an industry going forward, said Glenn Beck. Not the Glenn Beck you are thinking of, though. He's a fourth-generation farmer in Groveland, Florida. We have to go up from here. The once vibrant orange groves in Groveland produced a record low yield. Glenn Beck's farm, Beck Brothers Citrus Inc., recorded a staggering 60% loss. Some orange producers across the state experienced even more substantial declines. Those poor people. Ugh. Morality is declining. Getz asked Austin and Millie why drag queen shows are still happening on military bases. You ought to have seen what that guy posted on the beginning of Pride Month. Austin, he's a seller. He's disgusting. What a vile person. Breitbart, Whoopi Goldberg to DeSantis. Gay folks will rise up and fight for what they need. That's what's coming. Sounds like sedition to me. Gateway Pundit, New York Democrats vote to give the state free reign over minor children. New York State Assembly so-called Health Committee votes yes to allow minors to take drugs with no parental consent. Breitbart, left-wing group backing Ohio abortion ballot initiative promotes ending parental involvement laws. Fox, target partners with organization pushing for kids' genders to be secretly changed in schools without parental consent. We continue to support their mission, Target Corporation said about GLSEN, a violent, radical left organization. And you wonder why Target is losing $16 billion so far. Never, never. I haven't gone there in years. We were talking about that beforehand. I haven't gone there in years because they and Starbucks began it all. Those two companies were right at the front of it. Gateway Pundit, number of assisted suicides skyrockets tenfold in half a decade to 10,000 people, okay? This past week, I've been telling you about those assisted suicides up in Canada and over 10,000 people. This past week, a lady that attends online said, please pray for this guy. He is going to lose his house, and he is thinking about assisted suicide. And he went through with it. And she sent me his photo, and here's a picture of a guy that is no longer alive because he has financial problems. That's the only thing that was wrong with him. It'll only happen in the most extreme cases, they said, when we started doing this 10 years ago. Just like abortion, most extreme cases. Now it's extreme just to get out of the womb. Mail Online, Connecticut lawmakers absolve 12 women and men convicted of witchcraft, 11 of whom were executed more than 370 years ago and apologize for miscarriage of justice. This is what they're worried about in Connecticut right now, apologizing for something that happened 370 years ago. Give them a million dollars. Give them a million dollars, that's right. Zero Hedge, Smith College drops the use of the word field as racially insensitive. So what do we call it? Strawberry what forever? Or blank of dreams? I mean, what do you do with that? With that kind of stupidity in your society, what do you do with that? You can't use the word field in Smith College. Not going to Smith College. Don't go to Smith College. Uh, There's a field next to it that you want to stay out of, too. Okay, we got some other news here. Zero Hedge. Taiwan says it is in talks on being brought under U.S. nuclear umbrella. 
Taiwan's foreign minister said that the U.S. and Taiwan are in talks on the possibility of the island being brought under Washington's nuclear umbrella, a step that would make a catastrophic war between the U.S. and China much more likely. Many of the U.S.'s allies are considered to be under the protection of the U.S. nuclear umbrella, including Japan, South Korea, and every member of NATO. Giving such a guarantee to Taiwan would mean the U.S. could use nuclear weapons if China invades the island or if war breaks out by other means. Such a guarantee is unlikely to happen in the near term as it would require a radical change to U.S. policy, but the fact that the idea is being discussed will be viewed as a major provocation in Beijing. China has a no first use policy for its nuclear arsenal, but U.S. policy leaves open the option to use nukes in response to a conventional attack. So if they do go through with it, they'll be under the same protections as Japan is. Okay, and I think they should do it personally. I don't think they will do it, but I think they should. And if uh, Trump is reelected, then he will probably go for it. That would be my guess. From the Daily Caller. Democrat governor declares state of emergency for public education following GOP legislative gains. We have an emergency in our state because the GOP is, listen, Democrat North Carolina Governor Cooper urged residents of the state to call state lawmakers' offices and tell them that recent school choice legislation, yes, school choice legislation, and proposed teacher raises have the potential to choke the life out of public education. Well, that would be a good thing. The state house passed in a 65 to 45 vote that would make all students eligible to have the state cover nearly half the average cost of attending a private school. Great. It's clear that the Republican legislature is aiming to choke the life out of public education. I'm declaring this a state emergency because you need to know what's happening. The school choice proposal would allow even millionaires ooh, to receive taxpayer funding for their children's education. Taking resources from public schools, good, Cooper said in a press release. Cooper said that Senate Republicans' proposal to give veteran teachers a 4.5% raise over two years as opposed to his proposed 18% raise would lead to greater teacher shortages. Well, when you're hiring liberals that are teaching your kids that they can be girls instead of boys, you want to get rid of those people. In February, the state Senate and House passed legislation that would require educators to tell parents if their child is transitioning genders at school. They didn't like that at all. The legislation also prohibits lessons on gender identity and sexual orientation in K through 4 classrooms. They didn't like that at all. I'm talking about the left. Republican leaders want to inject their political cultural wars into classrooms across North Carolina with bills that would put politicians in charge of curriculum setting, micromanage what teachers can teach, good, and target LGBTQ plus students, Cooper said. That is a man that is totally out of touch with anything moral. Anything. Fox. Texas high school postpones ceremony after only five seniors met the graduation requirements. Yeah, only five out of 33 seniors met graduation requirements after an initial internal audit of attendance, grades, and credits. School's canceled, kids. Zero hedge. U.S. corporations are... That's why we want to get rid of the left education in this nation. Exactly. 
Zero Hedge, U.S. corporations are filing for bankruptcy at the fastest pace since 2010. Well, who was president in 2010? One would not know. He's still pulling the shots up there. He's still up there pulling the shots. One would not know it from looking at the S&P, which just hit a 2023 high, but there is a bit of bankruptcy crisis sweeping the United States where companies are filing for bankruptcy at the fastest pace in 13 years. In a clear sign of a tightening credit squeeze as interest rates rise and financial markets have locked out all but the strongest borrowers. The increase is most visible among large companies where there were 236 bankruptcy filings in the first four months of this year, more than double the 2022 levels and the fastest year-to-date pace since 2010. Several large recognizable companies with hundreds or thousands of workers have filed for bankruptcy protection in recent weeks, including Good, Bed Bath & Beyond, and Vice Media. The bankruptcies did not slow down in May, when just the past week saw eight companies with more than $500 million in liabilities file for Chapter 11, including five in a single 24-hour stretch, making this the busiest week for Chapter 11 filings so far this year. It's increasing. It's not going down. In 2022, the monthly average was just over three filings. In total, 27 large debtors have filed for bankruptcy so far in 2023 compared to 40 for all of 2022, according to figures compiled by bankruptcydata.com from the New York Post. I've never heard of this store. You might have Lululemon. Anyway, Lululemon. What? Lululemon. Okay, it's all one word, so it looks like, okay, it's not French after all. Lululemon fired two employees that confronted masked robbers. Two Georgia women, including an assistant manager, are blasting Lululemon for sacking them from their jobs after they called the police while three masked men pillaged the store. They're running around and they're just stealing stuff and they're yelling at these people, shut your mouth, you blah, 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 and just taking stuff and going out. They called the police and they got fired. Gateway Pundit. It makes me happy to hear this now. Chicago Pride event will feature drag, dress-up, and makeovers for children sponsored by Lululemon. Gateway Pundit. Kamala Harris delivers West Point commencement address, warns cadet the climate crisis is one of the biggest challenges the military will face. This is what she's worried about, the climate crisis. From Fox. Alabama makes it a crime to panhandle, loiter on roads as homeless advocates cry foul. Good. No problem with that at all. Okay, who said it? Men cannot be made good by the state, but they can easily be made bad. Lord Acton. He got that right. It was right on the edge of his lips. Men cannot be made good by the state, but they can easily be made bad. Look at the left. And that's proof of Lord Acton's words. Okay, let's see if you can figure out what Les is writing about. Down in Texas, some folks are dismayed. Graduation's really been delayed. It is unfair to some that they have shown they're not dumb. The school district has not made the grade. Okay, yes, it's a depressing world. I understand that. I know that 
these things can be a little bit debilitating. And like I say each week, I try to make it at least happy for you, have a little sarcasm and, and uh, you know, add in some things that will make you smile towards the end. But um, uh, things are not going to get better. They're not. And so uh, what you need to do is to have your hope directed at Jesus. And, every, you know, we were talking about William Bonhoeffer. Somebody wrote a book, and he was telling me about it. Um, William Bonhoeffer was one of the uh, priests or pastors, whatever he was, in Germany uh, at the rise of the Third Reich. And, you know, there were three, there were 18,000 pastors in Germany at the time. Dietrich, what did I say? William. It's not William, it's Dietrich. Okay, so erase what I just said. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. There you go. I need some NO reduction. There were 18,000 pastors in Germany at the rise of the uh, Third Reich. 6,000 of them signed on saying, we do not agree with the policies that are going on here. That means there were 12,000 that would not commit to that. After the heat got turned up, 3,000 of those 6,000 bailed out. That left 3,000 people that were willing to stand up for what is right. Despite the bad that's going on in the world, are you willing to stand up for what's right? Are you willing to do it? Because you are going to be challenged if the Lord doesn't come soon. I assure you of this. All we need is to lose the House and the Senate and the presidency one time, and you will be faced with this. So you need to decide now, am I willing to stand up? And the only way you're going to have the intestinal fortitude and the strength to do it is by knowing your Bible. If you don't know your Bible, you are going to end up on the garbage can of history as far as faithful Christians. doesn't mean you're not saved, but it does mean that you have not been faithful to your Lord. So I would hope that you would stand fast on this. Be cheery in Christ, even with the world devolving around you. Be happy, be content. Paul says it with food and clothing, with that we will be content. What do you need to go forward as a Christian? Okay, from this is the irony of the week from the war room. It's ironic. It's stupid. It's typical, but it's ironic. Biden gave a seven-figure grant to Ukraine's border patrol just weeks before Title 42 expired. <laughs> Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. I'm Charlie Garrett. I have an NO3 problem. And that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.